Good evening and welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nayel Upandwana. We are together until 8 o'clock. It's five minutes after 7. And our question for tonight, why did God not forgive Satan in the beginning? Well, after his fall, why didn't God forgive him? Now, this is a question that was suggested by a listener. It was sent to us by a listener and we had to deal with it on a number of avenues. So, before we even offer you the topic to deal with, there are a number of leaps that we have taken to accept this topic. First and foremost, this topic presupposes that God didn't forgive Satan. So, we're not oblivious of that presupposition there, that God did not forgive Satan. Again, we're talking about a situation where we're assuming that Satan did ask for forgiveness and God did not offer it to him. That's the second alternative. Alternative number one is God could have offered it to him, but he did not, whether he asked for it or not. Second alternative is God did receive a request for forgiveness, but still God refused to forgive him. The third thing that we have to acknowledge and appreciate about this question is we're talking about a situation that we actually do not know because it is not quite documented. What is documented is that there was war in heaven and then the devil or Lucifer, Satan, was cast down to planet Earth. And not much is said about that after. We don't have much of a conversation before he was kicked out. What we do know is there was war in heaven. He took a third of the angels, waged war against the two-thirds, and he lost the battle, cast down to earth, and that's just about it. So that's a third assumption that we're making, is to pre- presume that we know what conversations took place which led to what we're talking about right now. Here we go. Why did God not forgive Satan in the beginning after Satan's fall. We're taking your calls throughout the program and would like to hear your take on the matter. And don't forget, we're always available on the landline, on Twitter, on Facebook. My name is Nayelu Pondorat. This is Facts of Faith. Let's begin. Nayelu Pondwana on SAFM. The views you are about to hear in this broadcast are those of the speakers alone and not of Nayelu Pondwana or any associated organizations. All persons speaking in this transmission are to be held accountable for what they say and not be the host or this broadcasting establishment. I, Nayelu Pondwana, do not speak for any organization, grouping or section of our society. All guests and callers participating in this program do so out of their own free determination and are fully aware of the robust character of our broadcast. This SAFM has signed a code of conduct that is enforced by the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Under the code, we are committed to giving news that is accurate, comment that is fair, and programming that is not harmful, does not amount to hate speech, or contain violence or explicit sex. If you think we are not living up to that code, then you can inform the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Direct any complaints in writing to the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. PO Box 142365. Craig Hall, 2024, fax to 011-326-3198 or an email to bccsa at nabsa.co.za. For more information, please visit www.bccsa.co.za. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. All right, let me introduce you to our guests in no particular order, and uh, these are guests who are supposed to be getting in a short while, but so for some reason, they're not connecting through. We'll be having Bishop Joshua Maponga, a fighter of spiritual colonialism, and also we'll be joined by Easton Zanuma, Evangelist Zanuma, will be joining us in a short while as well. Hopefully, we'll be able to get through to our guests. I don't know what's going on, but we hope that everything is going to be going right 
going forward. Let's synchronize our watches. My time says it's 10 minutes after 7. You're listening to Facts of Faith. For those of you who'd like to join in the conversation via telephone, you can call us on 11 714 Again, 11 714 Those of you who'd like to call us, I prefer that you call right now. And those who send, who prefer to send a text message, you can send the text message to 41391. Again, 41391. We're available on social media on WhatsApp at 0614104107, 0614104107, and on Twitter and on Facebook, it's SFM Radio. SFM Radio, and the hashtag on Twitter is... Hashtag SFM Facts of Faith. All right, let's see if we do have one. Do we have Evangelist Zanum? Evangelist, can you hear me? Evangelist, are you there? Yes, I'm there, Naye. Yes, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, and how are you? Good evening, South Africa. I'm all right, I'm all right. Did you say South Africa? <laughs> Things are changing. I see. Okay. Now, uh, uh, for the sake of those who are not moving along with yeah. Azania. Yeah. No, well, you should stand by your, <laughs> you should stand by your principles, sir. <laughs> All right. I'm going to begin with you, Evangelist. We're, we're talking about a, a very presumptuous question, but we're moving with the presumption because the question still requires an answer nonetheless. This is a question that came from a listener. Why did God not forgive Satan in the beginning after his fall? Now, again, we do understand that a lot of people assume that God could have offered the devil a forgiveness, but he did not. Hence the question. Another presumption is that the devil did ask for forgiveness, but God rejected his request for forgiveness. And thirdly, to presume that we know a conversation must have taken place, which then ended up with God not offering the forgiveness that we're talking about tonight. So we are all fully aware of those three aspects. You can bring in any other aspects, but I don't want us to talk about those issues. We understand them. Let's just get into the issue. Still, is is the devil not forgiven? Now, now I think what we, we the starting point should be trying to know the character of Yahweh as it is revealed in the scriptures. Now, I'll, I'll quickly go to Exodus. Chapter 34, I'll read uh, from verse 6. And Yahweh passed before him and proclaimed, Yahweh, Yahweh, Alayim, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and in and in truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin. And that will by no means... Clear the guilty. Let me just let me just stop there. This is the full character of Yahweh, which is consistent in Scripture. And one point that we should take note of is that statement which says, "By no means clear the guilty." Elohim is gracious to repentant sinners, but he is not going to change. His Torah is not going to change his government. By failing to uphold the righteousness and the justice that is found in the Torah. So, if ever the devil had repented, this consistent character would have been fulfilled in his life. Ashatan would have been forgiven for what he had done. I don't think Abaya is selective in dealing with his creatures. If he can forgive you and me for the wrongs that we have done, he is still capable to forgive Ashatan for the wrongs that he had done, had he repented, just like us. When we repent and we ask for forgiveness, we are forgiven. You know what? This, this teaching or that assumes that you can just get forgiveness without asking for it. It's not truth. It's not scriptural. Anyone who receives forgiveness must have been asked, asked for that forgiveness. So the character of Yah is that he forgives, uh, he forgives those who ask for forgiveness. Now, can I just delve quickly? With the character of Ashatan is revealed in Scripture. Yeah, go Are ahead. You, I, I, I'm listening. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. I'm listening. 
Yes. Now, the character of our Shatan is revealed in Scripture. Uh, we can read from uh, Ezekiel chapter 28. Let me start from, from verse 12, I think. Right. It says, hey, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith Yahweh Allahim, Thou fillest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of Allahim. Every precious stone was thy covering. You saw this, okay, those, all those stones. But let's jump to, 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 to verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I've set thee so. Thou was not. Thou, thou was upon the set up mountain of Allahim. Thou has walked up and down in the midst of the stones. Thou was perfect. Listen to that. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity or unrighteousness was found in thee. So we can safely assume that the devil was created a perfect being until unrighteousness was found in him. And the way Yahweh deals with his creatures is consistent. I am persuaded to believe and accept that if Ashatan had turned back from this unrighteousness and had asked Yah for forgiveness, then he would have been forgiven and the things would have continued in their normal way. But the did not, there is no record in scripture which says that the devil was sorry for the rebellion that he had started. There is no record in scripture which says, I shut and asked for forgiveness. And so therefore for us to assume that the devil was, was not forgiven, uh, 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 it will be like we are passing the blame to Yahweh. Yet Yahweh himself, he has been described as long-suffering. He waits upon the sinner to come and repent of their sins, and then he forgives them. So, help me understand. Are you suggesting that God never forgives anyone without anyone asking for it? Is that what you're suggesting, Evangelist? Do we have any, 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 anything like that in Scripture where we are told that People are forgiven before they ask for their forgiveness. For, before they ask for forgiveness. That, that's my question to you, Evangelist. Are you suggesting that God? I haven't come across any place in Scripture where yes, Yahweh provides the forgiveness. It's His nature. Like in Him, there is this. It's inherently in Him. But to access to get that forgiveness, one must ask for it. One must turn away from their rebellion. And ask for that forgiveness, and they will get it. Okay, I, I must. I have not seen of anyone who, you see, if we say Yahweh is wholly merciful, then what we are implying is that He is not just. Because mercy can only exist where there is justice. Uh, okay. So, so, so once, once we we assume that He just forgives and forgives, forgives, uh, then we are saying that. There is no righteousness in him, in his government. There is no justice in his Torah. But once we have justice in the Torah, the justice of the Torah requires that it, it, it should be fulfilled by all the, the creatures. But then, unfortunately, the creatures cannot fulfill that justice that is found in the, in the, in the, in the Torah. Right. So therefore, what does he do? He provides a means for his creatures to escape their failure by giving a sacrifice that which, if we accept that sacrifice, then we can be forgiven. All right. So who, who exactly rep- represented humankind to ask for forgiveness when God offered this sacrifice? Because we know for a fact there is no one person who represents humankind. Humankind never asked for forgiveness. Here we are, we're talking about a sacrifice. Where did that sacrifice come from? Who asked for forgiveness? Nobody. No, what do you mean? Who asked for forgiveness? Evangelist. I said When your Jesus was crucified, he was crucified on behalf of the people who never asked for forgiveness. 
The very people, the, the very community that was shouting, crucify him, crucify him, never asked for forgiveness. There is no record, I'm using your words now, I, no I, records I, I, of I, I asking for forgiveness. I, I, I don't think you got me. Let me go back again. I said, Yahuwah, that his nature, his inherent nature, forgiveness is intrinsically in him. So he provides the forgiveness, but that forgiveness can only be accessed to an individual when they ask for it. By him providing the, the, the forgiveness, it doesn't mean that it has gotten to you if you do not want it. All right, we're going to take a break and come back. When, when we come back from the break, I'm going to offer you some other events in your scripture as evangelist where it would appear as though there was never any individual who asked for forgiveness, but this God was ready, willing, and able to, uh, to offer the forgiveness anyway. You're listening to Facts of Faith. Welcome back and thank you very much for agreeing to stay with us. You're still listening to Facts of Faith with me, Naya Lupondoana. We are together until 8 o'clock. The lines are open. would like to hear what you have to say on this matter. It's a very philosophical conversation because there's very little literature, even in the scriptures, about this. The idea of the forgiveness of Satan. Well, evangelists, let's go back. Let's go back to other events in your scriptures where we notice that the actual offenders never asked for forgiveness, but still God was willing to offer forgiveness nonetheless. We see Abraham interceding on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. And God says, hey, if you have 50 people, I will not destroy them. The number continues to dwindle up in 10, if, I'm not, if my memory serves me correct. It would appear in that conversation, this is an example of a God who was so gracious as he was willing to offer forgiveness, even though the people who were being forgiven never asked for it. Quite frankly, they didn't care that there was a God who was going to destroy them. Kindly explain that situation. The, the, the explanation that I can give there, it's intercessory. Uh, it's the intercession that was done by Abraham on behalf of his family. Yes. And, and the so people of he, Sodom and Gomorrah. Not just Lot and his family, but the entirety of the community of Sodom and Gomorrah. That conversation actually goes on to say, why would you destroy the holy and the evil all at once? So that, that conversation yes. was not just about Lot. It was about everyone, including course, those course, Sodomites. Of course, of course, it says it wasn't only about Lot. Correct. He, he spoke of um, with 50. What was the starting point? Yeah. The starting the, number? I can't remember yeah, very sure. well. That doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so 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 it it looks like it was uh, uh, including anyone who was going to be found to be righteous, right? And remember, now this is an act that Yah is going to perform on Sodom and Gomorrah, and the people of Sodom and Gomorrah they do not know what is going to happen, right? We have a people that are living in there who are supposed to be righteous. Lot is an example of that person, right? Who could not stand the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. But what, why would we expect him to, to, to repent or to ask for forgiveness? Even Abarahama himself did not ask for forgiveness, if you follow the story very well. He was saying to Abayahua, if you find so many people righteous, are you going to destroy the city? And he said, no, I will not destroy the city if I find so many righteous. It wasn't a question of asking for forgiveness here. The bottom line not is, not the, the, the bottom line <laughs> is there were offenders who were going to be forgiven. God was willing to forgive them and not destroy them, even though the offenders never asked for forgiveness. Ah, 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 ah. you are missing, you are missing the, the theme of the passage. Now. You are oh, missing point it out very, kindly. Very much. Listen, 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 listen to this. The issue was not offenders. The issue was righteous people who were going to be found in the city. Right? If such, such a number of righteous people were going to be found, then Yahweh was, going to, was not going to destroy no, no, so, no, no. He was not even, going to destroy no, no. the entirety. Let's not, even, let's not even go there about asking let's for forgiveness. Actually, let's stay the there, evangelist, because that's the big yes. issue there. The issue is, had God found, or had Abraham found, 50 people, let's assume that that's the correct number, 50 people. If the population yes. of Sodom and Gomorrah was, what, 5,000 5, people? 
Because of 50 people, the entirety of the 5,000 populace was going to be saved. And my issue is, even if the five, the 50 people were righteous no, and the 4,000, no, 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 500... No, no, you, are putting, you, are put, you are putting words into the scripture which are not there. No, sir. He I'm says, talking about the says, text. He, listen, listen. He says, if I find 50 righteous, are you going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? So the issue was about destroying of Sodom and Gomorrah, not yes. forgiving not forgiving the sinners. Oh, what would be the act of not destroying then? I see you nitpicking. That's all right. So if God chooses not to, to destroy that which he had initially purposed to, for destruction, what do you call that? Is it not forgiveness? No. Oh, okay. no, not de- no, no, not destroying does okay. not mean that the sinner is forgiven uh-huh. of their sin. Okay. Not, destroy, not destroying, it shows the character of wrong suffering. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I, I can give, take. I can take to, that. To, I can to, take that. To, to give the sinner yeah. in Sodom and Gomorrah to repent. Yeah. Okay. And when they repent, they are forgiven. Now, what about the deluge? I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'll accept that. Then, are you, are you going to offer the same excuse for the deluge? Because God destroys everyone, everyone, and except for the alcoholic there. That alcoholic who sleeps with his children after that finds grace in the eyes of the Lord. Awesome situation there. What happened with him? He never asked for forgiveness. And yet here here he was. He's very... No, 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 no. no. Fast and loose with God's will. The way we are going about this one, we are are missing the essence of forgiveness. Point it out, sir. You see, now... Uh, the fact that Lot later on committed other sins does not mean that he is not forgiven when he, uh, when he is not forgiven if he asks for, for forgiveness. And in this case, there was an intercession or intercessory uh, 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 prayer, if you'd like, by Abraham. Yeah, we have, we have moved from that evangelist. I, I think right. I, I, I did so, say so, that we have, I've accepted that and I appreciate that. We've right, moved on right. now to the deluge and I'm asking you to give a response about what happened there. We have a, a Noah who found himself receiving grace and in the entirety of the narrative, there is nowhere where Noah says, well, father, forgive me for I have sinned. And yet he, he himself finds grace in the eyes of the Lord. The famous text, Noah found the, grace. The same, scripture, the same scripture says Noah was found a righteous man. Oh, oh do share with me that text. Because we know Noah was no righteous man, but do share right. with me what that means exactly. Okay, this is a man. This is a man who okay, who planted a vineyard and then got drunk, stone drunk, and then he was naked in front of his no. children. Oh, the situation is abominable. But hey, uh, en- enlighten me. W- which which verse would you be referring to? Uh, okay, let, let let me go to Baruch uh, chapter. I think it's chapter six. Okay. I have, to, I have to look for the verse. I have to look for the verse from from the scriptures. Then the people. I'm going to begin from from the from verse one, so that we 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 just walk together here. Then the people began to multiply on the earth, and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the beautiful women and took any they wanted as their wives. Then the Lord, my spirit, said, "My spirit will not put up with humans for such as long time, for they are only mortal flesh. In the future." Their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. Verse 4. In those days and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. Verse 5. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently totally evil. Verse 6. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on earth it broke his heart. Verse 7. And the Lord said, I will wipe his human, oh, this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, and I will destroy every living thing. All the people, the large animals, the small animals, that scurry along the ground and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. Verse 8. But Noah found favor with the Lord. Verse 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on 
earth at the time and he walked yeah, in close fellowship with God. Line, just ended this line there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Noah was a just man or a righteous man, perfect in his generation. Yeah. So, 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 you know what? Yahweh to choose him to be his, his, his the man who's going to preach the message for the for that generation because he was found to be righteous, yeah. and perfect. So, 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 you know what? We can't. Yah is consistent in his way of dealing with people. Let, let's let, let's dealing with. Let's let's pursue that consistency there, evangelist. Chapter nine is a very interesting. Give us an interesting narrative there. Then God, I'm reading from verse one. Then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, "Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth." All the animals of the earth, all the birds of the sky, all the small animals that scurry along the ground, and all the fish in the sea with. Uh, will look on you with fear and terror. I have placed them in your power. I have given them to you for God, just as I have given you gain and vegetables. But you must never eat any meat that still has I, I, the... I, I, rest, I rest you there for a, for a second. Continue. Where, where, where did you lose me, Evangelist? Uh, it, it was a, a blurry sound when you were reading. What this was it? Uh... Okay. I was reading chapter 9. This, uh, I, I began from the first one evangelist for context. Yeah, I mean, which verse are you now on? Okay, I'm, I'm going to begin with verse 7. Now be fruitful, yes. multiply, and repopulate the earth. Then God told Noah and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant with you and your descendants, and with all animals that were on the boat with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, every living creature on earth. Yes, I am confirming my covenant with you. Never again will flood waters kill all living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. Full stop. Close quote. Do you remember that text there, evangelist? Yes. Yes. That consistency there that you were talking about, that God is a consistent God. If he was really consistent, who would never have seen any tsunamis? What happened there? What happened with people dying uh, with floods? The verse that you read says, That I established my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. That's right. You see, when we read scripture, sometimes we need to read it. Very carefully, yeah. because when you talk of a tsunami or talk of all these the discussions that are going to happen by water, they are also even written in the prophecies of Daniel. Of explain it. Explain it. These things are localized. These things are localized uh, 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 troubles that will come. But so the world world is to be destroyed by water. Yeah, is made a covenant that he will do that. So your 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 answer is. God meant he was not going to destroy the entire world. He will destroy yes. certain parts of the world by by floods, but not all of the world. That's what you're saying. Yes, that's what that's, 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 that's what the scripture is saying. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. I want to open the lines to any and everyone. <laughs> I want to open the scriptures to only and everyone. Uh, you've heard what the evangelist said. We've been trying to get in contact with uh, Bishop, but we don't seem to have a line through to him yet. So we'll continue as, who, as soon as he comes through. If we're still working on it, we'll we'll get him back on the line. All right. Um, we'll, we'll take a break and come back. I have some, some voice notes I want to play. Um, I want to read some text messages for those of you who sent some text messages. And then we'll see how we continue that conversation. I see some Facebook posts as well. But shortly after this. Naye Lupondwana on SAFM. All right, I'm going to begin with Facebook comments. Jerry L. General Mavalela writes, I once asked this question to my English teacher. Why can't God forgive Satan so we can all live in peace? Close quote. The answer was a very long sentence I can comprehend, I can comprehend till this day. You mean you couldn't comprehend it? Okay, I'm assuming that's what you meant. And then, th- thank you very much, uh, Jerry. So, dolopu lolita hoping I've written that correctly he writes great topic I suspect the devil was never forgiven because he was never remorseful to begin with for wanting to be greater and more powerful than the great I am heck he never even asked for forgiveness to begin with the devil is consistently or constantly trying to have one up on God and he always fails dismally 
Why does God want us to forgive others? Because we are all made equally and we are all sinners. Not forgiving, yet you are a sinner too. What just happened there? I, I'm gone one week. One week I'm gone. Okay, all right. Let's try that again. It continues to read, Not forgiving, yet you are a sinner too, means that you regard yourself greater than your neighbor, and God hates that, and inadvertently you regard yourself to be in the same level as God. Remember, condemnation is his. Okay, thank you very much, sir or madam. Um, Patrick, can you... Can you Really? All right. Mandla Henrik writes. I'm hoping I'm reading that correctly. Mandla Henrik writes. Very interesting topic. God, a perfect being, is leading people by example in this phenomenon to show that not all enemies can be forgiven. But as imperfect as we are, we are un- encouraged to forgive our enemies unconditionally. I Mandla. Oh, Ngosiam, I'm not quite sure that's what God is doing. <laughs> All right, another text also on Facebook. It can be Nekubalo Lokolo. Oh, yeah, man. God's the oft forgiving, Satan self sabotaged. Heaven's doors remain open for every lost soul, including but not limited to Satan. Makos. <laughs> okay. Okay, it can be Nekubalo Lokolo. Thank you. Interesting there. Mandlingosi Johannes Lamini writes, because he has too much pride, which is a disgrace to God, and that couldn't let him apologize to God, assuming by he you're referring to Satan. Dabashe Makatini writes, because there is no good without evil. If God forgives or killed the devil, then he is good for what? He is good because the devil is evil. The day he forgives him or kill him, he would be stuck with no one to blame for all the bad stuff happening in the world. Okay, Kabasha Makatini, thank you very much for that one. Is it Pohiso? Right, I think it is because Satan, she can't be trusted. That's why God didn't forgive her. Why are we saying her? Okay. There is no gender given to Satan anyway, so you can throw in whatever you want to throw in Satan, her, him, Kule Kumala. Kule Kumala writes, I suppose he didn't repent or ask for forgiveness. Yeah, you and I both, Kule, we suppose. Mlungi Silalang Obesa writes, God forgives. Oh! One phrase, God forgives. Thank you, Mlungi Silalang Obesa. What are you saying? Did God forgive the devil? Tawana Modiba writes, Satan does not exist, period. Really, Tawana? Really? Okay. All right. That's what Tawana believes. Satan does not exist, period. To talk about forgiveness for him is just a non-starter, I suppose, for Tawana. Thank you, Tawana Motiba. Appreciate it. Let's go to Twitter. Those of you who are on Twitter, hashtag SFM Facts of Faith. And the handle there is SFM Radio, at SFM Radio. Tolani Kabazela, at Tolani Kabazela writes, Absolutely, a belief will only be valid if there is absence of proof. What does that mean, Tolani? If you have a solid proof of something, you will never be in need of beliefs. That's why I love science, because it keeps asking questions even if the answer is not easy to find. Kolani Kabazel, science has a lot of theories which have not been proven to date. The very name, identity of a theory, simply means that, a theory. To say that science has proofs, or to even imply that, is a downright lie. Chamu Komu Ongoma. Okay, it's Chamu Ongoma. At Ngoma Chamu. Interesting. The devil was created for what propose exactly? Thinking face, hugging face, open hand, smiling face with sunglasses. <sighs> Joey, do you understand that text? I don't. I'm sorry, Chamu. I, I'm not sure what you are saying there. But hey, um, I'm going to see if I cannot... Uh, All right, let's see if we're going to have the bishop coming through.
Naye Lupondwana on SAFM. All right, Bishop, are you there? Sure. Ah, what? Finally, finally you're here. I don't know what happened. We couldn't reach you there. Thank you very much, Bishop. I fell off to sleep. My wife is driving my phone. I was on silent, and I wake up, and I hear my name being shouted <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> yes, I should have shouted louder. <laughs> I could have woken. Joy says I'm getting her old. You know, she's aging. She's now looking four years older. <laughs> she's looking for me. Okay, thank you very much for taking your call, our call nonetheless. Let's get down to it with Nothing's you. Nothing, man, but while we're at it as a country, we want to thank you for the work you're doing and our sincere condolences uh, to the passing and uh, transition of your mother. Thank you, thank we you, sir. We pray with you and we know you're doing a good job, but as a man also, I think you need some support once in a while and we are praying with you and we stand in support. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Bishop. All right, so the question we're trying to get answered for tonight is why did God not forgive Satan in the beginning after Satan's fall? What's your answer? Firstly, we need to, un- to unpack theology correctly. The, the Bible is not written for, for, for facts. It's written for faith. The assumption that you make that at the beginning is someone who is called God, and then God did this and created devil, created Jesus, created all this. The one who reads the Bible where it says in the beginning, must believe that the one who is beginning is not beginning with his beginning, but he is starting everything as himself. And the theory and the story that is narrated in the storybook needs to be accepted by faith. So we, by faith, we know, we say, teach that there is a God. By faith, we teach that there is a devil. But my problem with that concept altogether is that Jesus was allowed to come and become flesh, which made him physical. The devil has never become flesh, which makes him spiritual. So you have a father who puts a living snake in the room where his children are living, and the snake is invisible. It can see the children, but the children can't see it. And then the father says to the children, if the snake bites you, I'm going to kill you in hell. That story needs to be revisited altogether in my own world. You're asking me as an individual now, not even representing a church or anybody. But there is something that doesn't add up on the Bible story on its own in terms of dealing with evil and dealing with righteousness. If God wanted us in heaven, then why did he create us on earth? And for demonstrating what? To put the devil in the same picture. So let's agree, all Christians everywhere, before I start getting lacerated, that this whole salvation story is a huge divine experiment to prove to the universe that the devil is evil is here, righteousness is here, and you must accept things by faith, but you are fighting things against the flesh and blood, and then somewhere else the Bible says this is not flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual warfare. So for me, why did God not kill the devil? And he has said that he must forgive. Actually, honestly speaking, that's where I become very, very, very personal. I don't know. If I was God, I would have simply killed the snake and secured the house for my children. Full stop. What other children would think and what, since you are God, you know better. Yeah. You know better is God. Okay. So whether whether the children are going to blame me for killing the devil and they don't experience evil, and on the same wavelength, mm. we struggle with children when they're experimenting with evil, and you as a parent are refusing to give them what they say. They, your daughter right now wants to go out at night, mm. and she's dressed up in a funny way. You say, then what do you do? As a father, you know better, and your knowledge must protect the children. Yeah. So this question for me hangs on the knowability of God. Yeah. If God knows all truth and knows all righteousness, then why does he put evil for children to experiment it? How many wars in the world? Mm. How many sicknesses? How many diseases? All to prove God that he's right. But I don't need my daughter Shamiso to prove to me that I'm her I'm father. Yeah. I know where I met the mother. Yeah. <laughs> and the mother told me, I went with the mother, of course, by faith. I believe that she's my daughter. Because my wife says, this is your, this is your daughter. And we had married under wedlock. So it's by faith. How do you how do you live with your wife? We live them by faith. They give us children by faith. We eat their food by faith. We sleep on our beds by faith, hoping that the one who feeds the bed, the wood is strong enough. Even the people who say they believe in science, they believe in science. Shut up. You drive your car by faith, hoping the person who put pressure, put enough pressure in your wheels. And the one who fixed the engine. We fly on these roads at 160 kilometers an hour by faith, hoping that the one who fixed the engine and the robot, by faith, you drive on the freeway, hoping that the robot will be green and red. And it, so Without faith, it is impossible to live. You can't even sit on a chair. You can't drink water. 
you can't switch on an electricity one. I'm, I'm perfectly but, okay with the concept of faith there, Bishop, but we're still trying to get an understanding. And I do understand that this is a, quen- a question that is not well documented in the scriptures, but I do wish that you could share with us a theological answer as to why God never... Um, are you are you going to leave it there at saying you don't know why God never forgave the devil? For the, for, for the opening, yeah. I wanted us to, to create a theological framework. But once we begin to debate the issues that are in the Bible, yeah. without understanding the concept of faith that regulates the discussion in the text, mm. then the discussion becomes an altogether, it becomes a fault argument. Because what we are arguing about right now, firstly, we are already assuming that there is a devil. Mm. We are assuming that there is someone who's sitting in the sky in a, in a, in a big palace mm. in the clouds. And we assume that there is a devil and those who have seen him. By the way, I don't want to argue with those who say the devil has tails and horns. Maybe that's the devil that they saw. Mm. But the other day, I saw a white devil also. And I saw a black Jesus. So people can now come and argue with me and say, what did you say? And they say, I also saw. You saw what you saw. I saw what I saw. Mm. And let's argue and let's bring proof. None of us can prove it. So for me, the f- firstly, to establish the authenticity of faith is important. But if you want us to argue into the text as to why did God not do it, yeah. then you hear that God is love. Mm. Then he loves the devil more than he loves human beings. He loves human beings enough to kill his son, but he loves his children not to kill a snake in the house. I've preached many times. Mm. Don't remove cobwebs in the house. Kill the spider. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, he's given us a philosophical answer today, oh, Bishop. I want to read some WhatsApp texts for those of you who have sent some WhatsApp texts. And I see that you have some voice notes as well, but um, we'll try and play them before the show comes to an end. Uh, the one text message on WhatsApp reads, Hi, Nice. Somewhere in the Bible, Paul said God is going to forgive Pharaoh because it was God who made him stubborn not to release the children of Israel. So God does forgive without that person asking for forgiveness. Thanks, Isaac. Isaac, do share that text with us. I'd love to read it myself. While you are reading, that also includes the one that says, and the Spirit of the Lord left soul. So we we have God acting very harshly with his own children, removing his spirit, Korah and Datan, God opening the world and swallowing human beings into the ground. We had refused his commandment. But all these ruthless acts we see of the killing of the Philistines and the Egyptians, abrupt instructions of justice that happen in the text. Why does he not do that with the devil? It's a legitimate question. And I don't think we can brush around it to try and and, and, and pontificate the act of God vis-a-vis the presence of the devil. All right, all right. Another text reads on WhatsApp still, Satan is given a gender. Jesus refers to him as the father of our lies. John <laughs> continues, he was a murderer from the beginning, for there is no truth in him. 844. I don't know what 844 means, but I hear you. Maybe you're referring to John 844. And he's, this person, I suppose, is responding to me talking about a gender. In the beginning, I said, why are we giving the devil a gender? Uh, he's using these texts. We'll talk about that some other time there, sir or madam. But you don't find a gender in a spirit. But hey, that's what you want to believe. We'll take that. Another text. You are, ca- you are careful on that. Because in the book of jo- in the book of uh, Genesis chapter chapter nine, yeah. is it chapter six or chapter six, yeah. we hear that the the angels came to sleep with the children, the daughters of men, the sons so of sex God. Is, sex yeah. is given, yeah. They are given. Is... Those angels are all identified as males. Yeah, there's not even one angel amongst those that you read in the book of Enoch and in the Bible who ever appeared as a woman. So the Bible purely discusses. The issues of angels as male, yeah. God as male, Jesus as male, even the Holy Spirit as male when he comes, <laughs> John 14. So we need to actually, that's a gender issue for another day. We, right indeed, indeed. But indeed. we have the masculinity of angels as males. In, indeed, indeed. I want to read one more text message there uh, as soon as we can play the voice notes as well. God is the creator of the heaven and earth. He's in control except for where he fails to control example, Satan, non-believers, etc. The so-called creator doesn't exist, Isaac. 
in Waterval in Limpopo. Thank you very much, Isaac. Appreciate your text and everybody else who sent your text messages. Evangelist, you're listening to the bishop and the bishop seems to be uh, nullifying much of what you said and is giving an example. I'd like you to respond directly to that example of Saul who was never forgiven by God, even though he demonstrated forgive, uh, remorse. He was remorseful, but the Spirit of God left Saul there, the first king of Israel. Kindly explain that situation, sir. Okay, just just st- st- stand by there. Just hold the thought. I'll, I'll give you a ch- I want to take a break and come back. I'll give you a chance to answer. Just stand. Welcome back and thank you very much for sticking around. Now, this is the last part of the conversation. I want to offer the evangelist the opportunity to respond there. Um, we gave an example, the evangelist that came from Bishop, where the Spirit of God left Saul. And in spite of the fact that he tried and begged the prophet, please, please, he demonstrated remorse, but still there was no forgiveness there. Kindly explain. Okay, that passage and read it. Uh, let's read the passage and then we see if Saul asked for forgiveness. And he was denied for asking for forgiveness. Let's not assume that because he, because he was sorry, because of what had happened, he asked for forgiveness. Let's not assume that. Read the passage. Are, are you reading it or are you just saying we yeah, must I read, you read it? it uh, where, 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 where you get that, uh, okay. that Saul asked for forgiveness? Okay. And was right. denied forgiveness. No, my question was, he had demonstrated remorse to the extent that he even tore the robe of the prophet. But but demonstrating remorse, uh, uh, does it mean that someone is asked for forgiveness? Because you can't be sorry for the, wow. for the consequences of what he has done. Hmm. That's like, that's like uh, Judas. Okay. He was sorry for, 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 for having sold out the son of Elohim, but did he repent of what he had done? Peter never repented. Do, yeah? we, see, do we see Peter asking for forgiveness? So let, let's not assume that Saul asked for forgiveness and he was denied. What about Peter, sir? Peter never asked for forgiveness, did he? Hello? Did Peter ask for forgiveness? Where? Caiapha. For denying Jesus three times. Did he ask for forgiveness? We are not told. And here he is upon the rock the church was built. Let's go to some voice yeah. notes there. Uh, let's play some voice notes. What we know, what we know of, of, of Kefa is that he, he continued in the, in, the, in the path that he was, he was walking. So if Kefa... Uh, Denied Is there a record of him right. asking for forgiveness there, Evangelist? I'm, I'm trying to yeah, follow your train of thought. We, 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 we don't have a record there. Okay. So, all right. So, uh, uh, so, that's fine. So that's fine. Let, that, that's let, that's let, all right. Let, I was... let's, not, let's not deal with the verses that are, that are, that, 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 that are sketchy in the middle of the road, something like I, that. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what you mean by verses that are sketchy, sir. All the texts in your Bible are not sketchy. I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. No, Let, let's I'm, play I'm, some I'm voices. Talking, I'm, talking, I'm talking in terms of this. That we have. No, 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 evangelist. No, 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 no. There is no such there. thing as a sketchy verse. You see now, we're, we're, we're going down a very slippery slope. Hold on. Let's 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 play some voice. Let's let's play some voice. Evangelist, evangelist, evangelist. Hold on. Let's 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 close that. We need to play some voice notes. Play some. Hey, as parents, we are told that we represent God and we need to forgive our kids so that they can become better people. Why doesn't why didn't God just forgive Satan? He could be in a better world right now. I mean, even the Israelites and Palestinians are still killing each other even today. I wonder, and whether did this thing happen before uh, uh, the the Adam and Eve? If God forgave Satan, Adam, Eve wouldn't have uh, did what she did to Adam, and will be a happy uh, world right now. I, I don't think God wants to forgive us. Thanks. Okay. Hello, I want to just say um, thank you for program and the insight that you give. It's very interesting and I find it very wise in the way you conduct the program. And uh, I, I, I'm a bit fearful when you say uh, this God or, or this Jesus of yours, but I understand it's to do with the program and so forth. And I want to just say this, that uh, not much to add to the program. I want to just say that 
we have we have forgiveness of sins because we have someone who's standing in the gap for us and because we have a connection with that and he sees us he knows our heart and that's how we have acquired forgiveness just just it just leads me to say that and also there's a scripture here in hebrews 11 verse 7 where it says by faith noah being warned of god of things not seen as yet moved with fear prepared an ark in the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith and that's all i have to say i hope it's 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 it's, it's as something it does it does thank you very much sir hi naya this is mapelo soldati from cape town yes mapelo uh from the beginning satan was created for hell so the, there was no way satan could repent Really? You know, we cannot compare the devil with human beings. We as human beings, we can ask for forgiveness from God. Mm. But Satan, he cannot do that because he was created for hell. Thank you, Nayabai. Satan was created for hell, Mapelo. Yeah. Okay, 30 seconds from my guest. Let's begin with the bishop. Go ahead. Bishop? Doab, when he discovered he had made a mistake... He ran to the altar, and he was holding on to the altar. Yeah. Solomon had Joab was in the temple. The man was holding the ark, and Solomon instructed Joab must be killed. Why was holding right there. the ark? Indeed. Indeed. What's, what's your point with that, Bishop? I mean, when, when the Bible demonstrates to you unforgiveness, yeah. and God approves it when human beings do it, yeah. the question is, wh- why, if we should move this argument to a higher level? Yeah. Why would God give us such a stain example of we must forgive 70 times 7? And yet... And the devil only made a mistake got once. It, got it, got it. All right, All right I got well, you, I got you, Bishop. Give, I want to give the, the, the evangelist also his 30 seconds. Go ahead, evangelist. I don't think it is correct to say there is unconditional forgiving. But there is unconditional forgiveness that is provided by Yahuwah. But there is a condition of forgiving of one sin by them repenting their sin and asking for that forgiveness. So this, this gospel going around that says uh, people are forgiven or you have been forgiven unconditionally. No, it's not true. Forgiveness is provided unconditionally. But the forgiving of sins comes through by us asking for that forgiveness Got it. and repenting okay. our sins. All right. Thank you very much, Bishop and Evangelist. Bishop Joshua Maponga, fighter and spiritual colonialist. Appreciate it, sir. Uh, evangelist Isin Zanumwan, Evangelist, who is a Hebrew Israelite. Thank you, sir. From me, Nayelu Pondwana, and the team, and we have a new member of the team. Wongi, we're right. Wongi, we has just joined the team. Thank you for, to Wongi for participating in our program and to everybody else. From me, Nayelu Pondwana, and the team, have a wonderful evening and Godspeed.